This is Earn More Tutoring, the ultimate crowdsourced education entrepreneurship show. This week, I speak with Kat Norton, aka Miss Excel. Kat and I talk about how she creates content that helps people and is fun, how by focusing on what you want and aligning your energy with your vision, it is possible to manifest it quicker than you think, and how she grew a six-figure business in six months. My whole business has been just me kind of co-creating with the universe. People were asking like, what PR firm did you use to get Business Insider? How'd you do that? I was like, it's almost a science experiment for me at this point because I'm seeing how long I could do this and have the business still be flowing so much. But it essentially started this way because I was so busy with my day job that I literally didn't have time to spam email a hundred companies and be like, do you want to work with me? Spam email a bunch of businesses. Like I never did any of that. The entire business has been just every piece just kind of falling into place because I energetically align myself to where I want to go. And then I just trust the universe. Okay. So my guest today is Kat Norton. Welcome, Kat. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So to start off, could you just share, you know, what you do and in your offerings with the audience, just so they know exactly, you know, what, what you do? Absolutely. So I teach Microsoft Excel on TikTok, on Instagram, and then I also host corporate training sessions and I sell my accelerator courses. So those are courses that take you from the basics all the way through more advanced techniques. And I've been doing this now since June of 2020. I first launched the business. That's awesome. So yeah, tell us about how you got into this. What were you doing before and, and what, what made you choose to jump into this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was working at a consulting firm for the last four and a half years, and I was doing securitization reviews for banks. And on the side, right when I started at the firm, I created an Excel training course internally for the company, and they totally backed me and supported me and had me flying around the U.S. hosting these Excel trainings for interns ranging through high-level executives. And I was just doing that on the side of my day job for the last four years. And then with the start of the pandemic, I had stopped traveling for work every week. I was normally flying to a different state, new client every week for three years. I was doing that. And once I stopped traveling, I had some extra time on my hands. So I first put Microsoft Excel tricks on TikTok and I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I remember I had so much resistance. I was like, I'm 27. I can't make a TikTok. And I was, my gut was like, make this TikTok. So I put an Excel trick on it. I had this vision of having the Excel over my head and then to infuse it with music. So the first vision I had was for um, the Tuesday slide, that Drake song with left foot up, right foot slide to the left and the right function. And so I had like mapped it out. I didn't know how to video edit at the time, but I had like an idea of how I could do it. So I mapped it out. I gave it a shot and it turned out really cool. So I was like, all right posted on TikTok. And then by the fourth video I posted, I was posting one a day. By the fourth video, it reached 100,000 views. And I was like, oh my goodness, it got pushed to all these people I knew. And then by the sixth video, the CEO of an IT company reached out and was like, hey, I really like your teaching style. I'm looking to create G Suite training videos for students, parents, and teachers because this is when everything with the schools was going digital. So I didn't even really know G Suite products at the time, but I was like, okay. So I started learning online, ordered a green screen, a ring light, and started recording these training videos out of my childhood bedroom and then selling them back to this company. 
And then at that point, I was like, all right, I'll keep putting out the Miss Excel content too, because it's at least, you know, an opportunity magnet at this point. So I was working the day job, the side hustle, got the social media thing going on. And then within a few weeks, I ended up going viral on TikTok, got over a million views in 24 hours. And next thing you know, I had 100,000 followers on TikTok. And then everything was going on in the news with um, TikTok. Is it going to go away? This is now summer of 2020. And so I decided to throw an Instagram in there too. And then I had some reels go viral on Instagram and Next thing you know, now I have like 400,000 followers across the platforms and I started selling courses in November because I was looking to monetize a bit from that actual business and really just have a greater reach and be able to help more people because there's only so much I can do in 15 second videos, you know? So I created these training courses and I started selling them Black Friday. So November of 2020, and I quit my day job by two months later, I had like a passive income thing going. And yeah, now I've been a full-time entrepreneur, digital nomad. I switch locations every month. I'm in Hawaii right now, actually, just bouncing around. It's been awesome, though. You are living the dream. I love it. I mean, <laughs> what an amazing story. Uh, there's so many, so many questions I have. But, you know, just hearing that you were already consulting, because when, when, you know, when people think of consulting, they're like, well, what is that, you know? So it sounds like you already had, you know, and when I think of consulting, I think of creativity, right? It's like you're coming to someone who's has a problem that they maybe can't solve on their own. And so they're looking to basically generate ideas with someone and to look at it differently. How did you get into that? You know, because it sounds like you just took your consulting to a whole nother level with the Miss Excel and the TikToks and um, the courses. But how did you even get into consulting in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Binghamton University in upstate New York and I got my MBA from there as well. And that was one of the firms, Protivity, where I worked was heavily recruiting at Binghamton and fell in love with the firm. Amazing culture, amazing company. Still love them. They actually hired me back as a vendor. So now I teach their Excel as well. And I just really... It was my way of kind of combining helping people, like my passion for helping people and business. So I always had a business degree and was looking for ways to apply it. So when I found that job doing consulting, I was like, wow, this is a great fit. And then I somehow slid into securitization reviews, even though I didn't have a finance or an accounting background at the time, but I kind of just learned as I went because I really wanted to travel. And so I was traveling full-time for a while through the consulting. And then the Excel just kind of naturally fell into place with it too, where I was able to help people through Excel knowledge. Yeah. And the, and the reason I ask is because, well, first off, shout out to upstate New York. I lived in Buffalo for hey. four years, went to uh, SUNY Buffalo State. So shout awesome. out to everyone up there. We love you. Um, is that where you're from? Uh, upstate New York or? No. So I'm actually, I'm from Long Island, but okay. I spent five years up in Binghamton. So, okay. So yeah, it sounds like, you know, and what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that you kind of had a vision for what you wanted. You wanted to be able to travel you wanted to be able to explore. And so going into consulting was a pathway. It was almost like a means to an end, but it was also something you were, you're good at. And like, clearly from the fact that you got into, you know, this software or kind of securitization for banks, like you could just figure things out. You're, you're smart. Um, so that's, that's really cool. I, I do have some, some college students who I work with and, and they listen to this podcast and it, they say it helps them kind of think about their lives and what they want to study. I'm wondering 
just taking it even further back, like how did you decide to study business and you know, what, what made you choose that pathway? Cause it sounds like you really think things through and you make choices based on your values and your long-term vision. So I'm curious to know, like, has that always been something that was a part of your life or was that something you just started doing in college? Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually very in between being a teacher and going down the business road. If you couldn't have guessed it. And so I actually tried to pursue both at once. So I was an education minor, which is as much as we had at Binghamton. They didn't have a major for it. And then I was pursuing the business route at the same time. So I was doing that full out for a couple of years, trying to figure out which path I was going to hop onto. And then the business school kind of like wrapped us up. They're like, all right, here's a suit. Here's a resume. Let's go to a career fair. I was getting a lot of those soft skills that I really needed coming right into college because I didn't learn any of that in high school. And then I think just like throughout the classes, I started falling in love with business more and more as I was doing things. I was not like, it was kind of like process of elimination too. I was like, all right, I'm not like a sciencey person. I'm not a math person. And I was trying to just see what fit. And I was really stuck between education and business. So I kind of pursued both as far as I could. And then now it all circled back and now I get to use those education skills in the business realm, which was really cool to be able to combine the different things that I love. Yeah, well, you you are the perfect guest for this show because it's called Earn More Tutoring, but it's basically the idea and, and the idea behind the show was that I wanted to connect more educators to people who were educators but had become entrepreneurs. So, you know, so you're exactly that, right? You you had that education spirit, but you took that and instead of teaching and teaching is awesome, we love teachers, but you chose to take your teaching skills and now you're teaching people on a wide level and I'm sure they're getting so much out of those courses because I love, well, I don't use Excel. I use um, Google Sheets. And so I was actually curious just on a on that level, does your coursework apply to Google Sheets? I know there's like a lot of similarities, but then there's some differences. Could you, could you just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So there definitely are some nuances between the programs. I do have... Um, a decent amount of people who are Google Sheets users though in my courses. And basically I tell them up front, I'm super straightforward with everything. And I'm like, listen, if you're going through this and you feel that's not a fit for you, or if you need extra support in converting things like, oh, where is this button in this program? Just come right to me. I'm super accessible. So sometimes I have people email me like, oh, I couldn't find this button or oh, this. And I just work with them on that to kind of make it more of a seamless conversion between the two. Nice. So it sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable in both of them. How did you get so good with the Google Sheets and Excel? Like, how, did you take a course or? So it was actually during my MBA program, I wanted to do the data analytics focus and I was so set on it. And I got to my first class, first day. And the professor was like, yeah, so if you didn't take the prerequisite statistics courses, you should just drop this class now. You're going to fail. And like called me out. And I was like, oh gosh, like I've never failed anything like that before. And I I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I stay? Do I drop? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put in 110% effort. I'm going to try to keep the major, just stay. I'll just have to work a little harder than everybody else. That's fine. And it ended up the entire class was in Excel. All my classes for the major were in Excel. So I just dove in. I ended up graduating top of our class. Like I had the highest grade in our class. It was awesome. It was just like a very full circle moment for me because it kind of showed myself I could 
do anything I set my mind to. And I was making spreadsheets about everything. I had spreadsheets about my personal life, my classes. And I was just, I loved learning the different things in it too. Like I still get amped up when I learn something cool in Excel, like everything's still kind of new and fun. So it, it's it's been an awesome learning journey with it, but that's kind of how it really started picking up. Wow. So that professor, he was, <laughs> he was kind of hard on you, but it sounds like you, uh, it motivated you to kind of uh, learn as much as you can. And, you know, I was just thinking about how your first song was with Drake and it's like, you started from the bottom and now you're here. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) Well, that's something I really, I really enjoyed watching some of your, your Instagrams and TikToks because my, one of my core beliefs, or I guess it's not a core belief, but just one of my perceptions of reality is that if you can take something that's kind of mundane and no offense to Excel, but it's not like, uh, you know, the club in Ibiza or anything it's Excel, you know, and, and if you can make it fun and exciting and interesting, um, what an incredible gift to people, right. To take something so normal and to make it extraordinary. Can you talk about, was that intentional? Like, was that like, I know that this is hard for people. So therefore I'm going to really show them how to do it. Or what, what was your thought process behind choosing to be Miss Excel and really spreading the message of Excel. Yeah. Yeah. So it was something I was always passionate about on the side and I was looking to create some form of side hustle, some form of like taking my Excel training. And my original business idea was to just straight up do corporate trainings right when the pandemic started and just like reach out to different businesses. But then I wasn't sure how that would work with my contract, with my day job. So I had this like ping to put it on social media. But then I was like, okay, I was looking around at what's going on in like the current Excel climate at the time. And it was really everyone just kind of showing their screen on their phone. And I got this like vision of the Excel screen above my head and was like, I don't even know how I would make that work. I don't know how to use TikTok. Like I was barely using social media when I started. I was not like an avid user. And, but I just did some research. I did my homework. I studied the algorithms. I was like, I, I see all these TikTokers online and they're killing it. And they're like 15, 16 years old. And I was like, wow, like this must be something I can try to learn, you know, like there's got to be something out there. So I did a bunch of research. I kind of like played with the algorithm a little bit and figured out what works and what sticks. But that's what really got me to the creative piece. Like I realized I needed that polarity in my content. So if you take something so boring and combine it with so much energy and fun and entertainment, it creates this polarity that pushes things through the algorithm so that people will like comment on it, even if they're just like so confused. They're like, oh my gosh, she's dancing in the video. This is crazy. Like I still get comments like that all the time. But like if it was just a boring video, it wouldn't create that polarity energetically. So then the videos wouldn't be pushed as far. So I think that was just such a huge piece. And also it's fun to be fun. Like I like being the fun one. I'm having a great time. This has been more so my outlet for my creativity really too. That's kind of been stifled throughout my corporate career. I really wasn't being creative. And this just allows me all the time to think of cool, creative things. I'm always like listening to songs. I'm like, okay, that matches with this trick and I'll shoot it this way and thinking of skits and things. It's been just a great creative outlet for me, which is super rewarding. Like whenever I create something, it takes me like an hour to make every one of those little 15 second videos. But I'm like, wow, this is cool. You know, I like creating things. Yeah. I love what you're saying about the polarity. It's kind of like a, it's a kind of a a topic or an idea that's hard to 
Um, it's not like you can say, okay, I can, you know, this is this and this is this and they're opposites, but you have to actually kind of feel it, right? Like, you know, Excel is the opposite of dancing to Drake, yeah. but then you throw them together and it's like the ultimate <laughs> combination. Yeah. So that is just a key idea that people should be taking away is like, try to identify those polarities and then figure out how you can combine them. But at the same time, you have to be passionate, right? Like it sounds like you love the music. You also love Excel. Like you're you're genuinely passionate about it. So it just shines through, you know, in these in these videos. Um, so what, you know, I'm curious, what tools were most helpful for you as you figured that out? Like you're talking about you you did your homework. Like what, you know, was it podcasts? Was it books? Was it all of the above? Tell us about like the tools that you used to really do your homework so you could figure out. Uh, this offering and then put it out there. Yeah. So with the algorithm stuff, I was watching YouTube videos right when it started um, because things changed so much. So I was constantly like searching things on the internet, just trying to figure out like, like the little things like videos should be like seven to 17 seconds. Generally, like if they're too long, you lose people's attention. If they're too short, they don't pick up like little things like that. I had no idea about, and also just like how to actually use the app, how to video edit. A lot of it was really just like YouTube and Google searches. Cause that's one of the greatest things about the time we live in right now. Like the information is so abundant. Everything is at our fingertips. It's just a matter of like getting yourself to a place where you know what you want and you're motivated to go out and find it because it's all right here. So it was really just me coming clear on what I wanted to create in the world and what my purpose was and what was driving me to get up and work 100 hours a week while my friends were all out doing things. And they're like, what are you doing? Because I wasn't making money from the TikTok until November. So for a few months there, I was just like shooting videos in my room every day. And people are like, what are you doing? But it was really just coming so clear on my intuition too. And I, I meditate a lot. And that really helped my journey of like finding what the visual content is, finding what I want to do and just really coming so clear. Like the way I would explain it to people when they'd come at me was like, oh, come out, it's the summer. And I was like, honestly, if you knew with 100% certainty that if you did X, Y, Z, you would have all the prosperity and abundance and everything you want, would you do it? Or would you just sit there? You know, and like, I just became so clear that I knew what to do from my intuition that like, I, I couldn't just sit on it. I couldn't just, you know, not do it, you know, because I knew it would work. So it was really just like being a vision holder for myself and being able to like follow those steps and come clear on that, which was the biggest thing. I did a lot of inner work before you post yourself dancing on the internet. Let me tell you, it takes a special type of person to be able to just wake up and do that without like getting messed up from any of the negativity and the things that like will come through. Because naturally there's always going to be people that love you, people that hate you, and you got the people in between. And it's really like swaying that portion of people in between. But it, I, I did a lot of inner work to get myself to a place where I could just show up like that and just be authentically me and let everything just roll off because you're putting yourself on a platform. I get like hundreds of messages a day and comments and things. So you have to just be really comfortable with yourself. So that would be like the groundwork I did for two months. I was doing a lot of inner child work and subconscious reprogramming and all different things to get myself to a place where I could just be me, do me. And then the magnetism that created, that's how all these different opportunities started flowing. I showed up correctly in my videos. So it's, it's all an energy transmission. If I have a bad day and I roll up and try to record something, people, it doesn't translate. It doesn't do as well versus if I'm just in a really great place when I create the video, when I post the video. So kind of just like 
diving into that with myself has been a really huge help with everything I've created. Yeah. I I'd love to know more about that. Like that's, that's, it, it kind of sounds like that is what's behind the curtain of this incredible like performance basically is that you, you do this really um, hard work, you know, to, you know, hard, but fulfilling work. It sounds like, you know, meditation. And I'm, I'm just curious, can you talk more about that process of use the phrase being a vision holder for yourself? And like, for me, I had, you know, when I kind of started my journey of creating a podcast and creating my own business, uh, the best advice I got was like, identify 25 things you really want, choose five of them and ignore the other 20 and just actively focus on those five until you either can't accomplish them or you're getting closer. And that for me, like someone who's could be very scattered at times really helped me be my own vision holder. And I'm curious, like, can you tell us more about like the inner work and also the process that you engage in to be, be a vision holder for yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I did, um, if you're familiar with Lacey Phillips, she has an amazing program that I did that was kind of a more structured way to work through the inner child, the shadow, all the different things, because age zero to seven, we don't fully have our critical thinking skills yet. So everything kind of seems more dramatic. Like your parent yells at you and it's not like, oh, like they spilled their coffee. They're having a bad day and you rationalize it, right? Like an inner child takes that in. They're like, whoa, like I messed up. And then these things kind of perpetuate throughout your life. Like this is the example. I always give to everybody. So I wrote in my kindergarten yearbook that I wanted to be a rock star. And I remember in first grade, I was singing into a toy microphone in front of my family. And it was in my mom or dad. I don't remember. One of them was like, Kathleen, you're great at many things, but you can't sing, which was very valid. Your girl cannot sing. However, little me took that as like, okay, like you don't deserve to be on the stage. And then everything's a mirror. So what do I do by middle school? The group of friends I call in is the drama cadets, further reaffirming that they're on the stage, I'm in the audience. And then as I get older, this manifests more into an anxiety disorder, a public speaking disorder. I literally, at high school, could not get up in front of a group of people. I turned bright red, I'd shaking. It was a whole ordeal. I tried to get out of everything. I stopped having birthday parties. I didn't want the attention on me. I just like had this disconnection from my self-worth where I was like, whoa, I'm not worthy of doing that. And everything in my life just kept reaffirming it and showing me you're not worthy of that. So it was really, and a lot of people go through their lives and don't correct these things. And they're little tiny things that'll happen when you're younger in school and in this, that like, if you don't go back and address them and like course correct, I could have just stayed on that path. You know, I could have just stayed on my corporate job, heads down, like data analyst, da, 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 never putting myself where I authentically originally wanted to be. This is kind of like, now I built my own little stage on the internet and it's more of like me coming through to that. Yeah, I'm not singing, but I'm dancing, I'm teaching and that's fulfilling that original desire for me. So it was really, I did a bunch of inner work to kind of go in and correct these different subconscious programs that we're playing. Cause your subconscious mind, I, I study the brain too, for fun. I'm one of those. I love it. And your subconscious mind really runs the show though. And most of the things we're doing are automatic programming. So it was really just like going in and cleaning some of that up. So that way I was so authentically in my self-worth, ready to show up, ready to speak my truth. And then that just made the whole process so easy. Like my entire business has been inbound leads. So for the last, like not, it's actually, it's almost been a year now. Everything that's come in from Business Insider reached out to me, every press opportunity, every client that's come to me, every, literally the entire business has been just things falling on my lap in the right place. And I just have, I know that it's right. So I just go after it. So it was really 
just like getting to the place with myself was so critical for getting the business off the ground and then for having it all come so quickly. Cause it's only been a year and it's already been just so transformational. So that was, I'd say the biggest thing is just really going inward and whatever it is for you. So for everybody, it's different. For some people, it's meditating. For some people, it's doing the inner child shadow work. Like everybody has their different way of really coming like true to themselves and figuring out like what they need to do to get themselves to that place where they feel truly limitless. That was like, once you come clear on that, like I still remember <laughs> I said to my mom, this was in April before Miss Excel was even a thought in my mind. Like I was still working my day job and I was like, mom, I'm going to be rich and famous soon. So I need you to prepare your nervous system for that. And she was literally like dying laughing. I'm like, watch me. Like I'm, I just know. And I'm always like energetically like 10 steps ahead of where I'm going. Like I will tell you right now, I own a multi-million dollar business and I'm just riding through time to get to that point. We're not there today, but I literally, I just, I know it's there. I'm aligned with it. I show up like that's what I'm doing. And I'm just riding through time to get to that point. So I'm kind of just always 10 steps ahead. And then all the pieces just kind of fall into place of what I need to do to get there. Okay. So Yes. It's like, you have to have that vision. You have to, you have to do the, the inner work and the kind of like, you know, like, I like how you use the word inner child and like play therapy, or I don't think you said play therapy exactly, but, but turning, you know, like turning that on. And then it's like the steps will reveal themselves. Now, can you tell us more what you meant? You know, talk a little bit about inbound. Um, I think you said inbound, can you, Tell us more about that word because I haven't heard it too much, but I'd love to know what you meant by it and, and what that means. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my whole business has been just me kind of co-creating with the universe, essentially. It's been all manifested. Like if I want things, people were asking like, what PR firm did you use to get Business Insider? How'd you do that? I was like, literally I wrote down a piece of paper and I meditated on it and they came out. Like, it's just my whole business. Like it's it's almost a science experiment for me at this point, because I'm seeing how long I could do this and have the business still be flowing so much. But it essentially started this way because I was so busy with my day job that I literally didn't have time to spam email a hundred companies and be like, do you want to work with me? Spam email a bunch of businesses. Like I never did any of that. The entire business has been just me, like every piece just kind of falling into place because I energetically align myself to where I want to go. And then I just trust the universe and know that the right pieces will kind of come into play. So like, even I had the morning brew reach out to me, I was like looking for press and then they just came out of nowhere and we formed a partnership. And then the business insider article just came about out of nowhere. And like every corporate client has come about, I wanted to work back with my old company, but I didn't reach out and they all of a sudden came out. Like it's been just every situation kind of just has fallen into place without me actually ever having to go out and do outreach this whole time. And it's been really, but I take action when something lands. That's the big part. You can't just like sit there and be like, all right, nice. You know, you gotta yeah, take action when it lands, but yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is such a transformational conversation for me because I would say <laughs> I'm really on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm just like reaching out, reaching out, like, you know, and, and like trying to always like land something. And I want more of that energy, you know, and I want to be more comfortable with like, you know, allowing the universe to also give to me and then like, uh, you know, and then providing the best, like, like you said, take action and provide the best, um, you know, resource or whatever, um, when they reach out. So that's just a really, uh, 
you know, it's an important concept to think about. I'm wondering what routines on like a daily basis, like you talked about meditation, you talked about when something comes to you, you write it down on a piece of paper and you like let it sink into your subconscious mind. What types of routines have been really helpful for you to kind of, I guess, uh, tune your inner self to what you want and then also keep it within your subconscious mind um, so you can manifest it? Yeah, absolutely. It's honestly, it was a shift in lifestyle for me. So a few things that I do every day is I meditate every morning. So I do some Kundalini yoga. I do breath work, mantra, like whatever type of meditation really resonates with you. Like I would definitely recommend that meditating is just so powerful and so underrated. And a lot of people think they just have to like close their eyes and blank out their mind, and they get like wrapped up in it. Um, I actually just listened to a really good podcast episode on the almost 30 podcast about meditation that I would definitely recommend. I'll send it to you after. Um, but that was like very eye opening for me. And then also another thing is I just fully align myself with the highest version of myself. So like I do what Kat would do as a multi-million dollar business owner. I structure my day that way. I structure my calendar that way. I take meetings that way. I I drink my coffee that way. Like I literally like embody where I'm going, not where I'm at. So a lot of people get stuck in their current state of reality and they just keep kind of spiraling where they are or and they don't integrate with the higher timeline of themselves because that's get too much into quantum reality and quantum physics, but there's multiple timelines going on at every time. And there's multiple versions of yourself out there in the quantum field, everything's energy, it's vibrating. And it's really just like aligning myself with the higher timeline and then things merge. And that's how I keep like leaping so quickly. Cause this whole, I, I grew a six figure business in six months using my mind. Like that's the way I describe it to people. It's like, I still can't believe it sometimes, but I literally everything to build it just appeared all of the the following it all just like flowed but i think it was really just me aligning myself with where i'm going versus where i'm at is just the biggest tip also i learned this at um an abraham hicks seminar she's awesome and it was basically that it's called um segment intending so essentially what it is is a lot of people will lay in bed at night and they'll be like all right you know tomorrow it's probably going to rain my boss is going to be annoying ugh like you know and they have that sort of attitude towards their day so instead of doing that, it's called segment intending, where you essentially you lay there and you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up feeling great. And then, you know, my coffee, it's going to be just right. And then I'm going to get in my car and you know what? My favorite songs are me playing. I'm going to jam out, you know, and you segment intend each day in a more positive frequency and a more positive light. For so many people, I watch them just negative vortex themselves and they'll do the opposite and be like, oh, like this sucks. Tomorrow's going to suck. Da, da, da. And you know what? It sucks. You know, like, and I, I watch it happen. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's whether you play into the field or you don't, a lot of people just let it play them and they don't essentially like take those steps to segment intend and really like foreshadow what they want to happen versus they just kind of think it's all happening to them and they don't have any, you know, capability to co-create with the universe. So that was just a really big lesson I had, which was like coming clear on that and really just like stepping up to co-create versus just letting it kind of like repeat the subconscious patterns that I had going, you know, where like it would be a bad day, but you know what? Tomorrow's not going to be a bad day. You know, it's really kind of good habits with that. Yeah, no, I'm, it's, it's just so awesome to hear you talk about this stuff. Cause I think I think about this stuff all the time and, you know, not, not the specifics of it, but like, for example, 
Yeah, the segment intending. I've never heard that phrase before, but I totally um, like when I, you know, I I was. This is a random kind of uh, re- relation to what you're talking about, but I was watching. Um, I'm forgetting his name right now. Kevin Durant. He was talking about, you know, when he got the MVP of the NBA, and he was like, uh, they were like, what what led you to this point, Kevin? He's like, sometimes I lie in bed and I just think about what got me to this point of success. And so I started doing that. I started lying in bed and just thinking about like, what were the steps that led me to being able to work from home every day, to having my own business and resigning from teaching. And that process is so powerful, you know, but it's kind of like one of those little mental activities you do like segment attending where you're just like reflecting or visioning. And if you're doing that every day, I'm sure like, like you're saying six months to six figures, it, it, ha- it can happen. Like you have to believe though, right? You can't, you have to believe in the possibility of things before they could ever actually manifest. Um, and now you're in Hawaii. You're like, I love it. Like I'm so, I'm so happy for you. And I'm also more excited about my journey, just hearing you talk about it. So one thing I was wondering about is how did you get, I think there's a lot of people out there who are really talented. Like I think I see it all the time with teachers. Like they have so many incredible skills, but they don't know the value of their skills. And for you, I feel like you really honed in on this offering, right? You're like, I can teach Excel and I'm going to like make videos about it. And I'm going to, and it's going to, I'm going to put it out in the universe and people are going to see it and everyone's going to come to me and, you know, buy my Excel course and also learn from me, you know? And, and I'm wondering, how did you get specific and clear on your offering? Like what was, can you talk about the process that led to that? Cause I'd love for teachers and educators out there who have all these amazing skills to identify one and really like, you know, put it out there and, and get the fruits of their labors back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what I did actually it was a funny process. So took out a pen and paper. And this was before any of this existed. I was trying to just really come clear on what I loved and what like, because I always said this in my consulting job too. Like I had friends looking for other jobs and I was always like, if I took another job, like it would be nothing like what I'm doing right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it exists. But like, I, I would never switch to another consulting firm. Like I loved the consulting firm I worked for. I loved the people. Like it wasn't that, like, I just knew I was meant to do something different, but I literally had no idea what. And I find that a lot of people are in that spot that I talk to where they're like, I, you know, I did all the things. I went to business school. I came out, I went to, you know, I got the corporate job and now I'm like, all right, I'm bored. So what I did was <laughs> wrote down a piece of paper. I was like, all right, things I like helping people. Excel, dancing, teaching, music, and literally like then I meditate a lot and I got like the vision of how all these different things would actually combine. So it was really just coming clear though and like taking a look at like, whoa, like what do I actually like? What lights me up? You know, that's that's why I always ask myself, I'm like, does this light me up? Especially now with like delegating things with my business, even like certain tasks. I'm like, does, is this something that lights me up or is this something I can give away? And really just coming clear on that. So I'd say to someone just starting out, like come clear on what you like. Like I've seen so many teachers doing cool things with like math problems on TikTok and things like that. Like if you love math, you love music, you love this, like just coming clear on what you love and finding a cool way to combine it is so the key. It's just, it's really like people are like, oh, like what's your secret with like hashtags, this, that, like that's all just like baseline stuff. But the real secret is like having content that helps people. And that is creative. That's been just my, like, I'm like, will this help someone? And is it cool? 
And if it is, then the video does well, you know? So really just having that extra spin to it too, versus like, there's always the traditional way to teach something, but just finding your unique spin on it, whether it's dancing and music, or it could be, you know, creating drawing videos. I've seen like all different creative ways to teach things, but just like kind of stepping out of the traditional box definitely helps too with creating more of like viral content. Yeah. It reminds me of yesterday. I was looking at something. I was like, well, actually my wife and I were looking up when to go to the zoo because we have a two-year-old daughter. And I was like, well, maybe the animals are asleep, you know, in the afternoon. So we should go in the morning or maybe they're like really hyper. And I was like, well, let's Google it. Like what time should you go to the zoo? And then, you know, as as my wife typed it in, one of the Google phrases that came up was, what time should I post on Instagram? And I thought about when back in the day when I was like trying to kind of game Instagram a little bit for a music thing that I was working on. And I was like, okay, well, what time should I post? Like, I want this to hit, you know? And, and, and I realized just hearing you talk, but also at this point where I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm kind of just trying to create things for people rather than like post something and hope someone likes it. Um, you have to have a whole paradigm shift, right? You can't just think like, what time should I post this? Or like, which mustache should I put on my face on, you know, Instagram, whatever (laughs) you have to like, think about what do I love? What lights me up? Like you said, and then how do I kind of like synthesize the music that harmonizes with that? It's like, it's a more, I want to, like the word that comes to mind is esoteric. It's more like, like all this stuff you're talking about. It's, it's really like deep inner work, but, and there's no like clear answer, right? It's not like, okay, you do a, and then you get B it's like, you really have to kind of engage in a process, um, where you're clear on, on what feels good to you and also what the world needs. Um, Another guest, he called it like Ikigai or something. It's like that Japanese symbol where it's like what I want to do. And then there's, you know, what the universe needs, what I'm good at, what will pay me. There's, there's one other quadrant, I think, but it sounds like you're like right on the, right in the center right now in your life, which is, which is wonderful. Um, so one, one thing I'm, I'm wondering about is, you know, on a more technical level, what tools help you manage and create uh, for TikTok, and then also just like staying in touch with your audience. Like now that you have, you know, four hundred thousand combined followers, how do you how do you stay connected or build community? And what tools help you to manage all the different priorities that you have going on in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So still working on these systems as we speak. I was literally I was just meeting with my boyfriend about this yesterday. I was like, how can I streamline certain things? Because especially after the Business Insider article came out, I've been getting like 10 to 15 emails a day of different opportunities and things. And my calendars have been booked out and like cool things like this that I want to do everything. So just really like being able to keep these things organized. I use Calendly now to like help set up my scheduling because that's a whole thing too, is I'm always in a different time zone. So I was living in Sedona, California. I'm a native New Yorker. And then now I'm in Hawaii. So the time zones, I'm always just sitting there like, okay, you know, six o'clock my time is what time your time, you know? So getting clear on these things, just kind of like digital nomad problems, just really like getting clear on the time zones. Um, for video editing, I use WeVideo. I learned it right when I started, um, doing these things. And I was like, I remember looking, I was like, I need something that is super simple because I don't have time to learn complex video editing. I was still working my day job. So I've loved WeVideo for that. And I got good with it. So I use that to edit all my courses, all my videos, Um, My courses are on Thinkific, which makes my life so easy. I love Thinkific. So essentially people can just buy my course. It collects the payment, puts it in my bank account, sends them the email, gives them the access, like automated that whole process, which saves me so much time. 
especially if I do like, I use on um, webinar jam now for webinars, which has been awesome. Like really cool way to um, work with people. Absolutely love webinar jam. Yeah. I'd say systems wise. And I'm, and I, I stick to my calendar. That's something I've learned with too. Like I map out certain like blocks of time. I use outlook. So I have like my whole calendar built out. That's definitely something that helps me keep organized. It's also too like the way I structure my days now is so different from when I was in corporate. So this could be another like cool tip for people too, is I use, um, masculine and feminine energy days. So a couple of my coaches actually, um, Jen Kennedy and Jess Glazer, some of my friends taught me this. And what they do is instead of trying to switch energy types throughout your day. So like masculine day would be like, get your iced coffee. You have your to-do list. You're cranking through all these things. It's not even like male, female, it's just two different energy types. And then feminine is the days where you're creative and things are coming to you. And do you like go out and hike? Like on my feminine energy days, I literally just like don't work. I go a couple days a week. I'll just like go out, I'll hike, I'll be in nature, I'll meditate, I'll do yoga. And that's where I get those creative downloads of what content will go viral. And those are actually the days I make the most money. So everything is in passive income essentially that I do now. So it's all sales coming through. And the feminine energy is the receiving energy. So, so many people just skip that whole part and they just grind like every single day. And they're just like doing their to-do list and they're not leaving space for the creative to come through and also the receiving energy to come through of the sales. So it's like, it's crazy, but I'm like running around hiking and all these sales come through. And then the other days I'm more so laying the groundwork with the masculine energy. And a lot of people think you could just switch back and forth in a day. So I still remember like I'd work all day to like six o'clock and then I'd be like, all right, need to think of a viral TikTok idea now and like get dressed up and start dancing and all these things. And I was like, whoa, like it's just not translating. So I kind of just separate my days out like that now. And that's been just such a useful tool for me. Cause now I like, I look forward to the certain days I have too. I like pack out my calendars. I'll do like all my meetings on one day. So like today is my meeting day. So like today I'm just like doing all social interactions and things like that. And just like getting myself into that place. So separating things out has definitely been super helpful now that I can do that because I don't have the day job taken up most of the day. Yeah, that's that's such a unique concept that I've never even thought about before. But like, yeah, kind of um, choosing a masculine and a feminine day and choosing which days you're really proactive and which days you're more receptive to the the beauty of life and that's something I want to work on like I'm definitely I definitely feel like I'm in that grind mode like all the time and it does limit my creativity and and my joy I can feel it at times you know and I think it's there's there's a need for it right it like helped me to to get to a point but at the same time when you reach a new I guess, plateau or whatever, you have to look around and be like, okay, what do I shed, as you said, and, and what do I hold on to? What t- Tell me a little bit about the coaches I use, because I, I'm such a huge, I mean, my whole brand, um, I, I run an executive function coaching brand, which allows me to do this, this podcast. And I'm such a believer in good coaching, like, you know, in good mentorship. And I'm wondering, who are your coaches and mentors? And how did you find them? And, and what's that kind of process like for you? Absolutely. So, like everything with the business, called them in. So Jake Kelfer was my first coach. He reached out to me um, and divine timing with it too. Cause it was right when the morning brood reached out about starting a partnership. He reached out at the same time. He was super sweet, gave me tons of like ideas right off the bat. We talked a few times before I like committed to doing sessions with him. And he was always just like showing up, had brilliant ideas. And I was like, wow, like I really need to work with this guy. And he was like, listen, you know, the morning brew reaches out to you, like, 
you need to have a product you're selling. And I was like, oh, touche. Like, how do I do that? How do I make a mailing list? How do I, you know, like all those little things, I just had no idea that they were out there. I was kind of just like putting out content, not really as organized. So he helped me set up, you know, like website things, get my course platform rolling, get um, my MailChimp set up. At the time I switched to Flowdesk Sense, but yeah. And then after that, I started working with Ashley Hanwacker, who is awesome. She's incredible. She um, reached out to me as well. And it's funny too. Now my boyfriend actually works for her boyfriend, Gerard Adams. He does um, sales, um, sales for him and for his coaching programs. And Ashley's incredible. And she was the one who really sat me down like big sister energy was like, what are you doing at this day job still? And I'm like, I don't know, like health insurance benefits. I don't know what else I do. And she was like, no, no, like mapped out the business with me. She's like, you need to quit. Let's set a deadline. She's like, when would be comfortable for you? And I remember being like February 1st. And she's like, when would be stretchy, but attainable. And I was like, oh, like last week of January. And then I got off the phone with her and quit two days later. I was like, I, I just felt so aligned with it. I was like, I'm out. But I I really needed her in that place to one map out my business, but two to like give me that confidence to take the next step to quit my job. Like I kind of just needed that outside force to be like, what are you doing? And kind of rocket ship me off the path I was on. Cause I was just kind of like, I was really good at my day job. So I was like, all right, it's not taking up that much time. And I still get insurance and I'm still getting a paycheck. So I guess I'll stay, but it was totally limiting my, my time, my energy. Like I, I gained 40, 50 hours a week back, you know, when I quit. So like having her there was so critical. I also do want to get into coaching eventually down the line. Um, I've like informally coached like 10 to 15 of my friends right now who are all starting businesses and doing different things. And it lights me up even more than Excel I'm learning. So that's definitely something down the line I want to integrate into like how to do coaching, like business strategy coaching, but then also integrating these energetics that I've been talking about and using it as a way to like flow and grow your business. Yeah. It sounds like you've had some amazing coaches who have really helped you vision more effectively, right? It reminds me, I had, I have a coach too, or I have multiple coaches and and one of them, like she saw my schedule, you know, one day I was sharing my screen, we were looking at this podcast or my plan for it. And then she's like, Oh my God, your schedule is ridiculous. And it was just like back to back. I guess you could call it like masculine to the nth degree. And, uh, she was, she helped me come up with a plan to, to have days where I just like planned out my episodes and, and, and thought about like, what's the bigger vision for things. And it's not perfect. I'm, I'm still working on it, but man, that was a great, it was so empowering to have someone tell you like, it's okay to want time for yourself or to take a day off during the week or, you know, like that. It's such an empowering process. I'm curious, you know, with, with you growing such a viable product and having such a big following, how do you work out, you know, and it sounds like your coaches also helped you get to that point where you, you have created passive income. Like, you know, I think for some people, and I'll say this for myself too, it's like, you want to work out an agreement that works for both of you, of course, because they have so much knowledge and, and kind of expertise on how to help you. How do you approach that where, you know, they're going to help you move your business forward and help you increase your income and work towards that goal of being a multi-million dollar business owner. What, what just, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to work with a coach, but in knows they have like a great offering, but at the same time, they want to be thoughtful about, um, you know, I guess they're green or, you know, they don't, they don't really know how to work out a negotiate a great deal for themselves because they haven't done it before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is really coming to a place with yourself first, where you're ready to invest in yourself. 
Like I just view it as like a business investment that I need to make. And I, I kind of know when I get to the point where I need a coach. So like I a hundred percent, when Jake came through, I was like, I, I need a coach. I didn't even know coaching was a thing. When I talked to him, I was like, whoa, this is exactly what I need. So I feel like this is a place where a lot of entrepreneurs get tripped up when, especially coming from another job where you're used to having a boss. So your boss will tell you what to do every day. A lot of entrepreneurs, they get out in the field and they're like, okay, I don't know what to do every day. So I essentially, I hire a coach that will guide me in showing me, okay, like you want to get here, here's some action steps we can do to get you to this place that you want. So like for me, I've used coaches in that way to really just gain that clarity from their knowledge of like, okay, like if I want to go here or even just mapping out where I want to go in the first place, you know, sometimes I get to a point where I'm like, okay, now how do I scale? How do I automate? How do I do this? And that's where I've really leaned on coaches for that. Um, And then also just from a lot of people need coaches for like the emotional, like support piece too. So like, if you don't have someone in your life that is sitting there, like, let's go, you got this, you know? And if you're not that for yourself quite yet, really having that coach be that like pillar there for you, that's always like, yes, you got this, you know, sometimes it's that like emotional piece that you need the support for too. With both of the coaches I've worked for, I never ended up doing their like formal program. I did, um, like a one-on-one session with them. Like a couple of them really just mapped out my business, but then also I do mastermind. So I'm in, um, the boss babe with uh, Natalie Ellis and Daniel Canty, their society. And then I'm also in Ashley Henwacker's female on fire society too. That's kind of a group collective of like-minded people. Cause that really, for me, like my friends that I've met in this space have been truly like the biggest vision holders for me and like expanding me. So a big part of the subconscious work is finding expanders. So it's essentially people that are doing parts of what you want to do and you, your subconscious seeing that they could do it and showing yourself that you can do it too. So that's a huge part of it is really getting yourself. Cause if you sit there and you're like, okay, I want to do this, but I'm too young. I'm this, I'm that. Like you're essentially just limiting yourself. Like all the limits we have in life are ones we place on ourselves. So it's really putting the tools in your court where you can unblock those limits that you're having is so critical. So like, for me, like I surround myself now with like, they they always say like the eight people you surround yourself with most is the result of your reality. And like, I just surround myself now with people who are on my frequency, who are doing things like I'm doing, who are growing businesses, who have no limits, who are all just like playing in the universe and letting things fall. So like surrounding myself with people like that just like helps reaffirm what I'm doing and like expands my knowledge in that area too. So that's been just the people I surround myself with has really, really helped. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a, uh, and I can feel it. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, I feel like a wave of energy, like a positive energy. You know, I'm like, yes, I'm getting on. Like, I'm, I want to start. Like, I heard, I listened to Russell Brunson's. I think actually, I'm sure you've you've heard some of his stuff. And he told this amazing story about he like he gave a pitch on stage, and everyone was like, okay. And he's like, if you want to sign up, like, go to the back. And like a few people went went to the back. And he's like, but this other guy came up after me, and. By the end of his presentation, he had everyone was waving their credit cards and, and and like lined up at the back. Like they're like, let me pay, let me pay, you know. But just the the and you know, of course it's not all about sales. Sales is a big part. But what I mean by that is like getting people's energy up, you know, and, and like I love the idea of an expander, right? Like someone who helps you see beyond your certain your present conditions and helps you see like this is what life could be like or could look like. And I think that I always think like inspiration is the highest gift, right? Or it's like yeah. the, if you can inspire someone, 
that's like the best thing you can give to them. Um, so thank you for inspiring me. Um, (laughs) so, uh, what is the biggest challenge you're facing right now? Oh, I'd say currently as of like this week, since the Business Insider article came out, it's just the volume that's been coming in has been really having me reevaluate my processes in my business. Like the whole Calendly thing, like I'd been sitting here every meeting that's coming through doing the math and converting time zones and sending emails. Like I'm going to set up my Calendly this week to have it automate so I could just send someone a link and have them book on my calendar and have the time zones converted, like little things like that that were taking up parts of my day. Also, I'm thinking I'm going to need to hire a community manager at some point too, just because... So with my courses, you get access to the Accelerator Lounge, which is a private Facebook group where people ask questions from the course. And I got over like 600 people in the course now. So the questions are starting to come in and I'm like... I'm very thoughtful with answering questions. Like if someone asks me something and they're like, how do I apply this to my, my work? I will sit there and like build out a script for you or record you a video of how you can do it. Like I, like once you're in my, my customer base, like I am so just on top of customer service and like making sure that experience is what people want when they come into it. I still remember, I remember Jake telling me this when I was like trying to figure out how much to charge for my courses. When my first coach was like, Kat, like, you're not the Walmart of Excel. You are the Louis Vuitton of Excel. And you need to start like aligning with that. And I was like, whoa, like, but with that and like with the price points that people pay, like I make sure that that customer experience is on point for them. Everything's answered within 24 hours, but it is starting to become a lot on my end, just like still giving those thoughtful answers. So I might hire out that. I hired a virtual assistant who has been amazing and she does some of my posts. So like my green, like carousel posts that I have, she works on that where I still do the more like video editing content, but that's been a lot off my plate, which has been great. So it's really just like figuring out the different things I need in place in order to scale. It's really like now that the volume has been hitting a lot more, just like figuring out like what parts light me up, what parts don't, and then like how to automate certain things. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. I'm I I use Calendly too, and I think uh, yeah, maybe I'll do a course on Calendly. That'll be I'll be Mister Calendly because <laughs> it's so it is so amazingly useful, right? Like um, blocking out your availability and then the workflows you can create in there. Like with this podcast, for example, I don't know if you got it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But like sending out, you know, here's what you should it do before good. it. Yeah, I'm like I'm trying to like I'm trying to use workflows. Like I learned that word like two months ago. And now I'm like, wait, this is an incredible like process that you can use yeah. to, to automate. Um, so I've got a couple hot seat questions. Are you willing to uh, take some rapid fire questions? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First one, Apple or Android? Apple. Favorite book? Uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Favorite movie? Oh my gosh. I love the sound of music growing up. I don't know why that keeps like replaying my head. I've watched it like a hundred times when I was little. App you couldn't live without? I mean, obviously the video recording app is like really my bread and butter. Best album? I'm really loving Major and uh, Major, the artist. He does like high frequency music. That's in um, like 444 Hertz frequency. It's really cool. That's like cool, like rap music. Ideal vacation spot? Um, Lake George is my favorite place to go with my family every year. Best Amazon purchase in the last six months. Oh gosh. Um, I bought an amazing, I'm not using it now because I've been doing the digital nomad thing, but I bought this amazing desk that like raises it into a standing desk and shrinks down. That was huge. Is it a fully? 
I don't remember the brand of it, but it was awesome. I'm there with you. Yeah, I, I got the same thing. I'm so, so happy with that purchase. Uh, self-care activity of choice. Meditating every day. Best TV show. I would say I loved Stranger Things. I, I went in on that and watched all that. If a book was written about your life, what would the title be? Oh, man. Uh, that's good because I need to start writing a book. So I really need to think about these things. It would be something with something with energetics and business and really like six figures in six months using my mind, like some something along there. Kat, thank you so much for making time today. I really, really appreciate it. If people want to follow you, learn more about what you're doing, check out your courses, tell them where they should go. Yes, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram or on TikTok with the handle Miss, M-I-S-S dot Excel, E-X-E-L. Also, if you want to reach out about anything, my email is cat at miss-excel.com. And yeah, I'm on LinkedIn too, under Kat Norton. If you want to find me there, love to connect. Can you do one thing for us? Open the Apple Podcast app on your phone. In the bottom right corner, click search, then tap in earn more tutoring and scroll way to the bottom and leave a rating and review. Our goal is to get 50 ratings and reviews and we are almost there. And are you interested in helping your education business grow? Then visit earnmoretutoring.com slash coaching. This show is written by Sean McCormick. The show is produced by Casey Sticker and Sean McCormick. Music production is by Casey Sticker. Project management is done by Maya Pugach. To learn more, go to earnmoretutoring.com.